Good day, everybody. Uh, we are back again with our Norwegian Red Dairy podcast. And uh, today we will talk about uh, crossbreeding as a concept. That's our topic that we will discuss today. And uh, because we have seen the last decade uh, that we have seen a, a, a quite a, a increase uh, in, in popularity within the crossbreeding uh, in the dairy sector the, the, the last few years. And uh, uh, it could be many reasons for this, of course, uh, and the main benefit is probably the possibility to improve your herd faster. Uh, you will also be able to utilize the best genetics from different breeds and take advantage of the heterosis effect. Uh, and we know that the inbreeding has become a challenge uh, among some dairy cattle breeds uh, these days. And uh, uh, it will definitely be positive, uh, breaking the, the, the inbreeding pattern, crossbreeding, of course. Um, and today we have two guests. Um, it's uh, Professor Gary Rogers and Mr. Diego Galli, uh, both experienced gentlemen in the dairy industry and uh, many years of experience with crossbreeding in, in particular, I would say. So, uh, Gary, uh, start with you. Just a brief introduction of yourself, uh, Gary. Just uh, to tell us just uh, briefly and quickly about yourself and your, your background. Uh, thank you, Trigby. It's, uh, first off, uh, uh, it's a good opportunity to talk about uh, a topic that's, uh, that's, that's close to my heart, so to speak. Uh, I've spent my uh, uh, entire uh, career working on dairy cattle breeding, uh, and more recently focused on crossbreeding. But uh, just to back up and give you a little more detail, I, I actually joined uh, Gino, that's the company that, that uh, operates the Norwegian Red Breeding Program, in 2008. Uh, so I've been here for several years, uh, working in various capacities, uh, uh, essentially uh, working with the Norwegian Red uh, uh, Breeding Program and crossbreeding and, mm -hmm. and uh, 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 working on, co on those concepts. Prior to that, I spent uh, 20 years in the academic uh, world doing uh, research, teaching, and what we call extension in North America, which yeah. is uh, adult education, basically. Uh, and during that time period, uh, my focus was on improving uh, 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 fitness traits in dairy cattle. And in later years uh, of that uh, tenure in the uh, academic world, I worked on crossbreeding. So yeah. uh, this is, uh, as I said, a, a very interesting topic for me. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, good knowledge and uh, many years of experience, yeah. uh, Gary. Uh, Diego, uh, yeah. please uh, introduce yourself uh, as well. Who, who, who are you, Diego? Thanks, Trigbe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Currently, I'm uh, regional sales manager in uh, at Gino in uh, EMEA region, Europe, Middle East, Africa. And uh, prior, I started last year, so exactly one year ago. And prior to that, I've been uh, working in ABS, Genus ABS, uh, in in Italy uh, for four years. And uh, but I I have to say that my entire uh, career in the dairy in the dairy industry has been in some way or in other way in with some companies or other companies linked to Gino, Norwegian Red, and, and crossbreeding because I started dealing with Gino in some way or another way about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's quite long uh, yeah. period of time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you have a lot of uh, uh, experience uh, in the field. You have been visited a lot of farms, especially in Italy, yeah. but also yeah. uh, uh, all over Europe, I would say. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. correct, uh, Trigbe. <clears throat> fully yeah. correct. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so uh, I mean, you, you Gary, you, you you know of course the North American market uh, better than than uh, uh, other markets. But uh, how would you describe the development and I would say uptake of crossbreeding in in the North American market the last? Uh, to 10 years. Uh, what is the development? Yeah, uh, clearly uh, crossbreeding and dairy cattle has uh, increased in popularity uh, really over the last uh, uh, two, two, three decades quite a bit. Uh, we traditionally have had uh, a dairy industry that's based on uh, purebreds, even for the commercial production side of, of things in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's beginning to change as a lot of things are, are, are changing. And and I would say right now we're probably uh, about 10% uh, purposely uh, design. Uh, 10% of the cows are yeah. crossbred by design in the U.S. And that continues to grow mm-hmm. uh, uh, annually. It's hard to say, you know, how, how fast it will grow in the near future, but I think we'll continue to see some some growth there. And it's yeah. really uh, it's really all about these large confinement farms we have in the U.S. as mm-hmm. well as the grazing farms uh, just looking for... Uh, a more economically efficient yep. cow that's easier to manage, and uh, that's driving both the uh, purebred breeding programs, but also the focus uh, yeah, on yeah. crossbreeding. Yeah, but just you mentioned confinement herds. Maybe our listeners are not that familiar mm. with that uh, that, that uh, wording. What, what, what yeah, is a confinement herd? Good point. <laughs> uh, that's a herd that's usually in an intensive managed system, uh, where they'd be either in uh, freestyles or cubicle uh, yeah. barns, especially in some regions of North America, the Midwest and Canada and those areas. But also I'd call the farms that we have in the West in the dry parts of the U.S., uh, where they're in more uh, corral-type mm. settings, uh, uh, and maybe even the Southwest. That, yeah. that would be considered a confinement farm as well, with with very little uh, uh, pasture, uh, uh, you know, yep. uh, implementation on those farms. Yeah. Uh, so that's a great question. <laughs> And uh, Diego, I mean, you, you you know the Italian market mm-hmm. uh, very well, but uh, also the, the European mm-hmm. market uh, in particular well well. How, how yeah. would you uh, describe the development and uptake of, of crossbreeding uh, in, yeah. in Italy and the European market yeah. Yeah. In, in general? Yeah, in general, I would say that crossbreeding in, in dairy cattle is growing and has been growing the last 10 years. That's in general. Of course, it depends on market to markets. And and uh, so w- what we experience is that there are markets or country mm-hmm. uh, where that growth has been uh, or is organic. There is organic growth simply. So, yeah. uh, I mean, crossbreeding is just an option, a good option, exactly the same as pure breeding. Yeah. So it's absolutely accepted and that's done. So... And that's of course very positive. Uh, while other markets, uh, you know, they, they grow. There is a grow, but is uh, is a bit slower. Mm-hmm. Um, and the situation here is uh, is that uh, the reason why is, is lower. Of course, there could be different reason, but probably the main that we, we experience and we see is that there is still a le- um, you know a lack of knowledge. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is still a lot of activities uh, regarding marketing and. And you know, yeah, yeah, marketing and it's a push, push, push situation. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. So it's a mix. It's growing mm. everywhere, um, but there is a fil rouge if you know French. You know French, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that's very interesting. I, I really see a fil rouge among uh, in all the markets, mm. despite which country. Uh, and um, the fear rouge is that uh, there are many and more and more dairy farmers that are not happy. They are not satisfied with yeah. what they have, yeah. the, the type of cow they have. And that's why they are 
uh, considering uh, mm. they've been starting doing crossbreeding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that leads me to your to your second question. Maybe I can follow up uh, uh, with you here, Diego. Mm. Uh, what you describe is is that we see a, a, a increase in uh, crossbreeding, but yeah. maybe a little bit slow. But why uh, do you think uh, people switch to crossbreeding? What is the main benefit of, of crossbreeding? Okay, if I'm allowed to use a kind of a kind of slogan, I would say uh, better genetics, uh, faster. That's yeah. what they yeah. they the farmers uh, could expect from their crossbreeding, yeah. and especially in, uh, with artificial red. Yeah, because you uh, you utilize the advantage of the the genetic differences. Yeah, it's quite a simple. Uh, yeah. It's really quite a simple um, idea. Mm. I mean that using, uh, for example, uh, two very good breeds is better than using just one. So yeah. you are yeah. limiting yourself in some way using just using one breed, even if it's a good breed. So yeah. that's really quite a simple idea. Then I will not go into details, but of course depends on which kind of crossbreeding, which breeds you, you are using, which sires. But basically, it's that's the the simple idea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, that's the biggest, so quickest gene- uh, result or Faster better genetic gain. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in details, that's what we experience. And Gary, I'm 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 pretty yeah, sure same yeah. as me. Uh, better fertility, improved yeah. uh, milk quality, improved uh, uh, health traits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so better profit, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah. Increased profitability. Yeah. That's what we are talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in my introduction, I mentioned uh, uh, inbreeding, and uh, I don't think we should. Uh, describe the concept of inbreeding here, Mm. but that has become more and more a a challenge. And uh, as a result of that, maybe the fertility has been going down. That's what we have seen. Is that uh, a a, a reason why people are are switching to crossbreeding, to improve their fertility? Fertility, of course, is uh, is one strong uh, driver for dairy farmers to to use crossbreeding. Yeah, as I said, uh, more and more farmers, simply they, they are not happy with what they they have. Yeah, so yeah. they are looking for something different that is meeting their needs, simply. And crossbreeding is up, as, I, as we, we are talking about, is absolutely a very good option. Mm, mm. It, it's easy to, to show the result. Yeah. Uh, so that's simply my yeah. answer. Yeah. But I mean, Gary, I mean, if you talk about crossbreeding, uh, crossbreeding is not only crossbreeding here. I mean, there is different strategies yes. uh, and there is different <laughs> breeds that you can use. And that is a huge topic by yeah. itself, of course. But uh, if you if you want to uh, describe briefly the most common yeah. crossbreeding strategies, especially in North America, yeah. I mean, what, what is the most common combination here, and what is the the typical crossbreeding strategy, and and also if you can briefly uh, say where are people going after the first generation yeah. of crosses. Yeah, Trigby, those are really great questions. And as you said, we could spend a, a whole <laughs> afternoon talking about this. But to try to uh, kind of boil it down to some key topics, I, I just say that keep in mind that North America uh, was primarily, at least for the last several decades, mm. heavily uh, dependent on uh, Holstein cattle for commercial dairy production. So yeah. that's what you find uh, when you go to our commercial herds is uh, uh, mainly Holstein, or in some cases, some some people have crossed uh, uh, more uh, earlier than others. So you might find some crosses 
uh, say with uh, jerseys, but basically you find uh, primarily uh, Holsteins uh, uh, as a starting point. And uh, those farms that started uh, crossbreeding first, uh, mm-hmm. many of them used jerseys on, on Holsteins yep. uh, uh, to a large extent for calving ease, uh, you know, it was quite helpful there, uh, but also maybe to reduce cow size a bit and that sort of thing. And what we found is that over the years that now that uh, producers have learned more about say Norwegian reds mm. uh, uh that uh, we're we're actually seeing Norwegian reds used on on uh, more straight uh, Holsteins yep. uh, but if i come back to the uh, jersey holstein crosses a lot of those uh uh first generation crosses or f1s were, you're talking about they they uh, they were uh, they are now mated uh, actually to uh, norwegian reds and in many cases uh uh that becomes a three yeah, that's breed a f- rotation three way cross three way cross or three yeah, yeah that's yeah, correct yeah. or a three breed rotation yeah. um that's uh that certainly is quite popular uh in some areas mm. uh, but also uh we have a two breed uh rotation or two breed cross uh that has uh, become uh, quite popular in in some herds as well um and that crosses Norwegian red on Holstein of course because mm. we have those Holstein uh, based cows uh, there are some advantages and disadvantages yep. of those uh, two approaches uh, what, what, I, what is the m- yeah. main benefit of a two-way yeah. versus three-way uh, yeah. in general? <laughs> I think uh, the main benefit of a two-way yeah. versus a three-way is the two-way cross, in some cases, is a bit easier to implement yeah. uh, for some farms. Uh, and uh, the cows uh, are maybe uh, better fits for their system, both the management mm. system, but also the housing system that yeah. they might have. Because, say, Norwegian Red, when it's crossed on Holsteins in a two-way rotation or two breed rotation, you moderate the size, uh, basically, uh, from a, uh, compared to a Holstein mm. and you, you create cows that are smaller than a Holstein yeah. that are just as productive from a fat and protein production standpoint yeah. and much better from a health and fertility standpoint. Uh, the three breed rotation can also work, but it's a little more complicated because you have mm. an additional breed and you can get a little more variation in terms of cow size. And, and, and sometimes that, that, uh, uh, results in and management challenges not yeah. often but sometimes it does so so uh, clearly there are some advantages and disadvantages and i mm. think that for the most part when the industry started down the path of crossbreeding, uh, most people projected that a three-breed rotation would be the most popular. Yep. I think many of us within Geno thought maybe that would happen, but we've found that that's not necessarily mm, the case mm. and that uh, farmers are looking for crossbreeding, not just for the heterosis part, yep. but to help on other fronts as well. So it's not about maximizing heterosis in all cases. It's yep. about creating a cow that fits the system that's economically efficient exactly. uh, and that's easy to, uh, to manage, yeah. especially in these, like I said earlier, in these bigger farms where mm. ease of management is so critical. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, you, you mentioned a critical uh, point here is that you, you, you make smaller animals. Yes. And I mean, if you can have smaller animals, maybe they are more feed efficient. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, if you can have the same output with yeah. less input, uh, that, 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 that is uh, a win situation, yes, isn't it? <laughs> it is, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there's no question about that. Uh, and uh, crossing Holsteins with Norwegian Reds will do that, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah. Of course, crossing Holsteins with Jersey, with Jersey will do that, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have uh, to solve the beef uh, yeah, and yeah. the bull-calf uh, concerns with yeah. that approach. 
Uh, and, uh, but you know, I think the key is here that, that there's no one size fits all when it comes to crossbreeding. Mm, mm. You have to consider the local economic circumstances and all the, uh, 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 the, uh, uh, local management circumstances, herd management circumstances, yep. uh, to, to figure out which is actually the best approach. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Diego, yeah. I mean, uh, the Holstein Jer- Jersey combination is mo- not the most common in, in Europe. Europe. No, Here no, it is no. more Holstein Norwegian yeah, red yeah, yeah. Uh, and the two way cross. Isn't yeah. that right? It's absolutely right. You are correct. Yeah. Uh, and of course I have the yeah. same opinion, uh, you know, across being with two breezes. Um, simple, uh, yeah. of course, to manage. E- easier to manage. Yeah. And again, as you, you said, Gary, that's my people who met me over the years. They they <laughs> already know my what I'm going to say. I mean, it's really not a matter of of, of uh, um, heterosis. That's uh, okay. That's important. Yeah. It's just a bonus. But you can get heterosis even if you combine uh, two very poor breeds i mean yeah. and that's you should not expect good results so yeah. the complementarity what the yeah. the genetic merit of the breeds yeah. involved is absolutely absolutely the really yeah. key so basically uh, you you utilize the i would say difference in the additive genetic yeah, effect that's more important than the the, the heterosis yeah. or crossbreeding effect yeah. right and if can just quickly add the uh, trigve yeah. uh, we know farmers knows as well because they experience norwegian red did, massive improvements over the last 15 years. So mm. the, the, what we can offer, what Norwegian can offer is that's a, really a lot of good stuff, I would say, yeah. Yeah. in combination with the Austin. So yeah. we, we kept everything good as for fertility and health trade, but we really made huge yeah. improvement for yeah. meat production, for example, and then and other confirmation. Yeah. But I mean if if we if we look a little bit further ahead here now, mm. I mean we have now heard all, all the benefits of crossbreeding and uh, based on all the benefits that you gain, uh it is relevant to ask the question why are not more farmers doing crossbreeding? Uh and if we look a little bit into the future due to now feed resources, efficiency, Etc. Uh, Etc. Et what do you, Diego, yeah. see is the I would say future yeah. trend within yeah. dairy cattle yeah. industry? Do you expect to see a, a quite yeah. dramatic increase in yeah. in, in, in uh, crossbreeding or just answering your yeah. first question is uh, why? Uh, I agree. We should expect more <laughs> more crossbreeding because of what we've been talking about. But um, don't forget, Austin is uh, you know that. You know, absolutely number one player, yeah. uh, one bre- delivery for uh, the entire world. That's to me a bit strange just to think <laughs> about that. That can adapt everywhere. But uh, is, as I said, is, there is still, um, we experience still some push situation in many markets, uh, Trigve. Mm. So uh, we, we could make some other example out, out of our industry, but uh, you can have a very good product, but you need to to sell it. You need to yeah. push it. Mm. And uh, so, as I said, it's still a... Um, combination of situation so we, we have to push more and uh, we make mm, make farmers uh, aware of what is why is good make doing crossbreeding with uh, with Norwegian red and yeah. uh, so it's going to take some time is growing is going to continue to grow but uh, and that's related to your uh, late question uh, in order to see a massive uh, massive uh, adoption of, of crossbreeding in dairy cattle like for example in the pigs industry mm. I really simply believe that uh, if other stakeholders in the value chain should be 
involved, uh, for example, dairy companies. Uh, in that case, we, we, we can really expect a, a change. Yeah. Uh, and to you, Gary, I mean, very quickly, I mean, yeah. you, you mentioned that uh, uptake of crossbreeding in, in, in America is, 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 is fairly common. Yes. Uh, do yeah. you think, uh, how do you predict the future? I, I think it's <laughs> going to continue to grow, Trigby, yeah. no question about yeah. it. Uh, and uh, as farms learn how to uh, integrate crossbreeding into their system and, and see the benefits, it'll continue uh, to grow. That's my view. Uh, we'll continue to fine tune how we do the crossbreeding program. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, Diego makes some great points, uh, you know, about uh, how Norwegian Red fits uh, into a crossbreeding, what it brings to the table yep. uh, with these uh, other breeds and the people who try it. I think we'll see some um, probably uh, heavy use of sex semen uh, to produce a uh, you know, the females, uh, uh, to, for the herd replacements and then, uh, design some beef in some way to come out of the yep. other cows yep. and mm-hmm. more and more of that. But in general, the crossbreeding is going to continue to grow. Yep. Uh, I think even the most hardened supporters of purebred or line breeding recognize that in commercial stocks, mm-hmm. crossbreeding has yeah. some benefits. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sex team, and as you mentioned, will be, be the topic of mm-hmm. our next podcast. So, yeah. so, so, uh, stay, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> But uh, if, if we focus on crossbreeding now, uh, we, we definitely see so, some benefits of crossbreeding. And uh, our expectations is that crossbreeding will be, uh, will be increasing uh, for the future. So, um, so just some, so, so to, to sum up a little bit here, I mean, based on what we have learned today about crossbreeding in general, there is no doubt that crossbreeding is very beneficial if you do it the right way. Yeah. Uh, it is... Also, no obvious answer to what is the I would say, optimal crossbreeding strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it is important to make a, a plan uh, for, for several generations uh, to come, uh, not only think uh, to improve the first generation, but have yeah. a plan after the, the, the F1. It's a long-term commitment. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And um, it is also clear to me that uh, with today's situation, uh, a sustainable dairy farming is important, where not only profitability is in, in focus, but also utilization of, of, of the resources, feed resources, and uh, a breeding strategy where, where good health and fertility is in focus. Uh, and from, from what we have learned uh, here today and what we have heard from, from, from Gary uh, and uh, Diego, crossbreeding strategy is a very sustainable way of, of breeding. Um, so, um, so, so I would say thank you very much to, to, to both of you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Gary, for uh, sharing your insight uh, in crossbreeding and, and, and uh, the crossbreeding strategy. Thank so, you, Trigby, for yeah. having, us, having me. And uh, Diego, thank you very much for for sharing your experience Thanks, uh, with us today. It's Thanks, uh, it's really really good for us. Yeah, that's mm. good. So so thank you very much. Thanks.